1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: This is Paul Hawksby
1: and Andy Jacobs.
2: And welcome once again to the H&J Daily uh, featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We'll be covering a fair bit of ground. We've been looking at the support staff around the return of football. And that includes the club chaplains who've been very busy uh, in lockdown, of course. uh, Looking at the pastoral care of the players who've been struggling in some areas. And we spoke to the Charlton. Chaplin, who also looks after all the chaplains in uh, in the football league in the Premier League, was a very interesting man. Uh, there was Baker, interesting
3: and, of course, it's uh, at Royal Ascot this week, and oh. our hearts went out to our a regular guest on the show, Martin Ellis-Jones from Hetherington Hats. Normally his cup final, but, yeah. uh, of course, he's been very badly affected.
2: No one wants a topper at the moment. We had problems with Martin's line, which made him sound like a much-loved sitcom character, but you'll discover more <laughs> when you hear that. Um, we also spoke to Jason Bent, Premier League footballer, on the return. Uh, and uh, the World Porridge-Eating Championship, sadly, are another victim of uh, the coronavirus but they're going virtual so we spoke to one of the organisers and Andy uh, shocked us all with one of uh, one of his uh, revelations (laughs) plus Striker Eclipse uh, Rewind from 2003 here it all is This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with you through until four here on
3: TalkSport. Where this afternoon, Andy, what's coming up? Coming up between now and four, how will physios operate during Project Restart? Bob Bubka's verdict on the return of big-time golf, and fear not, the World Porridge-Making Championship goes ahead. Yeah,
2: after a fashion, um, so okay. yeah, it's a tinge of disappointment, but anyway, more on that later. <laughs> and we'll be focusing that obviously uh, yeah, big course. time this yeah. week. Now, there's another instalment of Steve Bruce's Who Done It? Striker a clips rewind from 2003 and Premier League star Jason Bent previews the big kickoff. They should call it Project Respurt.
3: <laughs> well, I don't like the sound of porridge. That. It's a porridge joke for you. Yeah, I, yeah this. well, I, I'm glad it is, yeah. There's <laughs> all this, plus why it's a bad week to be in the top-out business. My Ward's pick of tonight's TV, and more uneducated guesswork in Don't Ask Me. Yeah, you won't believe it. It's like he actually wasn't here last week, uh, as you'll discover <laughs> Last later week, on. or ever. I spilled coffee all over my notes. Have you really? Oh dear, what a disaster. That's That's a
2: bad (laughs) oven, isn't it?
3: Really? (laughs) I I don't normally have a coffee at this point, but there you go. You don't need to know that.
2: Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy.
3: Good afternoon, everybody. And it's us start with Cristiano Ronaldo's girlfriend. Uh, she yeah. stepped up her personal fitness work after training with him and sort of being intimidated and feeling really unfit. And you think, she wasn't exactly the GC to start with, really. I think she was fine. But anyway, there you go. She's decided to do that. Rude Hullier said that English comedy shows helped him fit in at Chelsea. Uh, shows like uh, Some Mothers Do Have Them and Are You Being Served? I can't imagine. Ooh, Betty, ooh, Jessica, Mr Humphreys, are you free? I can't, can't see it myself, but there you go. He's not the first person to say it. Who else said they, they learned, they've they
2: been learning English through watching uh, old sitcoms? I don't know. I think, obviously, it's a good way in, isn't it, really? <coughs> yeah, when you I were learning Spanish, didn't yeah. you have to watch a kind of lot of Argentinian soaps? Uh, to try and get a handle on the way they spoke. I did do, it, I did do a bit of that, yeah. And yeah. I did
3: finish watching El Presidente this week. I loved it, actually. You, you saw really. the series through, did you? I saw it through, yeah, I had to. I, I just thought it was very enjoyable. And it's, it's like a lot of stuff that you get at the moment. It's partly true, it's mostly true, but it's also got fictional elements in it, which would sort of kind of blur the whole thing, but I still enjoyed it anyway. Um, excuse me, one second. <coughs> excuse me. Ricky Valance, he died. Very sad news there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, two things about that. Because I, I grew up with that song, Tell Laura I Love Her. It's a fam- famous song. Mm. And who knew he was Welsh? I never knew that at all. I thought he was American for some reason. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah. And, of uh, course, I do, I do remember his great uh, love letter to Mark Lawrence, and That was Tell Laura I Love Her. That was a tremendous song. Tell Laura song. I Love Him, surely. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I love him, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> never mind, don't worry about it. And uh, do you see that golf is back, and so is our old favourite, The Hole in One. So, well done to golfer Dave Ways. I don't know if he gets lost in traffic. 77. He never gets lost in traffic, Dave Ways. (laughs) He finds his no, way around traffic. <laughs> of course he would. And <laughs> Exactly. Hit a hole in one on the 134 yard par 3, 12th on his first round back at Osborne Street in Shropshire. So well done. We've missed those over the past three we months. We
2: have. Crackers, As I'll uh, oh, make Crackers, has come to our um, uh, rescue here. Yeah. It was David Ginlar, he points out, who watched um, Only Falls and Horses all the time. That was the. But oh, well I don't remember done. him talking to Alan about it. And he, I do he remember a him few, talking to Alan. Lovely jubberies and call, it was calling Alan and plonker and stuff, yeah. So I
3: know I know Alan isn't listening because he never does, but happy birthday to Alan today, Yes, yeah.
2: His birthday, well, he might be sitting Which there in true. the garden, He's, he may have just yeah. um, don't even no, remember I a, years put, and years ago. I put a request on classic FM for it, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. Beethoven's <laughs> fifth, this one's for Alan, <laughs> yeah, We, uh, Alan, we had a great old clip of Alan saying, you know, in the afternoons, you know, about one, I have a bit of classic FM. Cheers, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> but happy birthday! Happy birthday to him. I imagine he'll be having. I imagine he'll be breaking the habit of a lifetime. Maybe having a couple
3: of drinks. Uh, To celebrate. (laughs) Definitely. And uh, I was reading The Guardian on the weekend. I'm always fascinated by some of their, you know, because their recipes are are so Islington bubble elitist. I mean, how many people would have this, sit down and have this for dinner? Uh, I'm having slow roast duck legs with bacon and onions, accompanied by a cucumber salad with brown butter croutons and finishing off with a pavlova with Pimm's roasted strawberries. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see a lot of people going for that, can you? I'm having nuggets. I'm having nuggets and chips tonight. Exactly. Actually, somebody came up with a good idea yesterday. No, this is not a joke. This is a serious thing. Mm. He said to me, we were just talking about Project Restart, and he said, is there going to be a nine-game championship? There should be, like, a trophy for whoever wins the nine-game tournament. And I thought, actually, academically, that will be quite an interesting thing to do. I know it doesn't mean anything, because obviously it's all part of the same season. But I thought just... Keep a note of it. Keep a note to see who wins the nine-game championship. Well, we're
2: very lucky to have on hand someone who does like to keep a note of things, and that's John Mottson. He'll be uh, he'll be back in uh, in full effect, I would think, over the next few weeks. We'll catch up with him on Wednesday before the opening games. He's already gone into stats mode, Motti. He's in his stats bunker. And uh, <laughs> here, we'll get Motti... We'll get Motti I bet he's got one <laughs> um, we'll get, we'll, so? Yeah I bet he's had a, He's gone underground In his house It wouldn't have been enough To have a Like a man cave outside Or a shed That he oh yeah but you need a lot of Motti would have to be go Below ground it Needs to be a bunker For Motti So um, And he will give us uh, He will Let's see if we can get him On that nine uh, Nine game table And make it our own Andy Like no one else is doing
3: it no, well, <laughs> uh, we, uh, other people will do it, but we've suggested it first, so there you go. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, we should have. The, the other blokes suggested, suggested it yeah.
2: first. Yeah. We should have <laughs> a chorus of applause for Marcus Rashford, who, uh, who's on the front page of many of your papers today. Oh, has yes. done brilliant work uh, during lockdown and continues to do so. And you wouldn't want to be the government department that has to kick this one into the long grass, would you really, when you consider. Well, I think the they have, according
3: to the news. I think they just said in the, on the news that the, the, they're leaving it to local authorities. Yeah. You know, so it seems like they are ignoring him, which is not a great thing. And of I don't a think. buck being passed, okay. Well, yes. I'm
2: sure I'm sure he won't take that line down. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But look, well done to him. He's uh, he's an impressive lad. isn't he? he's not quite as
3: impressive on Friday night at White Hart Lane. <laughs> no, that's true. And, and Sandra Redknapp uh, has made the uh, papers because a cake that she bought for Harry for his birthday. I, don't know, I think she made it, actually. Yeah. Uh, she Yes, yeah, she baked it. Uh, no, she baked it for her grandson. Let's get these facts straight here. Yeah. And she put it on Instagram. You don't want to get sued and by Harry over the cake. <laughs>
2: well, I don't. What happ- cake. Going, I, I think he's got better things to
3: do. <laughs> I think so, too. But I like to yeah. get the facts right for the first time in my life. And, uh, no, no, this is it. She's uh, She made it after youngster Harry turned 14. So that's obviously... The, the grandson's name and included icing and spelling out West Ham and their club badge. Some of her 47,000 Instagram fans made fun, but one Tracy liked it and referred to I'm a celebrity winner Harry's food request in the jungle. She said, Hopefully, with a jam roly poly center. That's journalism, that's how it works today. You just go on somebody's Instagram, see yeah. a comment from Tracy. Who's Tracy? I don't know who she is, this woman, but I well know well Tracy here. What's the matter with you? <laughs> he, um. <laughs> I got in touch
2: with Darren Bent when he saw it. He reckons he could have done better than that when it came to <laughs> oh, the icing. he <laughs> says could he could have be. done better with the icing. <laughs> he did, did he? Yeah. The
1: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
2: Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. A very interesting piece by uh, Telegraph's Jim White this morning on the role of club Chapman, chaplain, should I say, we have seen a surge in demand uh, during lockdown. Understandably, uh, really, a number, number of players reaching out to them at this time, um, and uh, heavily quoted in the piece, understandably, because uh, he's not only the Charlton chaplain, he coordinates all the uh, football club chaplains as well. Um, Matt Baker joins us. Matt, good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon. How are you?
2: Yeah, we're good, thank you. Yeah, so a very, a very interesting piece, and I said we shouldn't maybe be altogether surprised that uh, a number of the players in these kind of anxious times have, have turned to the club chaplain for for a bit of advice.
0: Absolutely. I mean these have been uh, difficult times for all of us, haven't they? And and you know, footballers and members of staff at, at football clubs are, are no exception. So yeah, we've been quite busy championsly wise just offering whatever support we can give.
3: I mean, this has been a long-established thing, hasn't it? For chaplains that sort of associated with football clubs, and often you know don't get a lot of publicity, really. And uh, I mean, you find yeah. Obviously, you've just said you are busier than you have been, but uh, generally, I mean, do the players use you quite a lot?
0: Absolutely, you're right. Chapmansey's been around in in football, particularly, but also other sport, for about sort of forty odd years. And you know, most of the time, we're we're in at clubs, we're present there, whether that's at the training ground or at the stadia up and down the country, listening to people, uh, confidential ear, that kind of that kind of role. Uh, and of course, at the moment, we can't be physically present, but we're we're being present through phone calls, through Zoom calls, you know, the same way that everybody else. But the role's carried on, uh, uh, but the issues are still there. In fact, in, in a different way, at the moment, uh,
2: the amount of players that come from overseas, where maybe faith is is a bit more ingrained and a bit more important in those in those countries, uh, you know, on on the face of it. I mean, that's made a difference as well, isn't it? The amount, maybe, the amount of players that, that reach out to the club chaplain.
0: Yeah, we, we've we always said that we're there for everybody. So we're, we're pastorally caring for everybody, whether they've got a faith or not. Uh, but there are certain players and staff who, who do come from a faith perspective. You, you rightly point out, you know, over the last sort of 10 to 15 years, we've seen more players of faith coming into this country. Uh, and so, you know, although we're a Christian organisation, but we're there to support everybody, whatever faith they have. But, you know, even in lockdown, it's been fascinating to have conversations with chaplains how they've been able to do Zoom Bible studies with players up and down the country uh, and support them like that. So, yeah, faith is much more on the agenda in football, uh, but pastoral care and spiritual care has, has always been important throughout throughout the football pyramid.
3: I think it is. and Are most Chaplains football fans? I mean, I gather, you know, I would imagine you are, aren't
0: you? Uh, I mean, I am, and, and a lot would be. It does vary. I, I think the, the predominant thing is you, you need to you need to be there for people. Uh, but, of course, if you've got a passion for, for sport and, a, and an understanding of how it ticks a little bit in football, then that's really important. I mean, we're not there to, to make comment on, you know, who plays this weekend or, or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just understanding, you know, the, the passions that are there and, and, and also the pressures, you know, the tremendous pressure that you're under in, in that cauldron of, of, of football, whether that's playing in front of 10,000 or, or 60,000 fans. You know, it, it is different. So to, to understand something of that and to be that independent, confidential person is, is vital.
2: Is it quite a coveted role, Matt? Is there a bit of a waiting list? Are there people around the country that would like to fulfill this role, but they don't get the opportunity?
0: Yeah, I mean through our organisation, um, Sports Chaplaincy UK. You know, we have people contacting us all the time, whether that's football or other sports. I mean, we're just talking about football, but we've got chaplains right throughout the UK. We've probably got about 500 chaplains now throughout sport. They contact us. Uh, uh, we take we take their details. We take up references, and, <coughs> and then we help them to, to get involved at clubs or at sports as as is appropriate. Once once they've done a bit of training with us.
2: Not all clubs have them, do they? Sorry, Andy, not all clubs do have chaplains. I see 69 of the 91 clubs. Why is that?
0: Well, it's, you know, we we offer our services to everybody, um, EFL and Premier League, and then it's up to them to take up the offer. Now, you know, by virtue of those stats, you'll see that that most clubs are interested, but they don't have to. It's it's a voluntary role, so they're not paying for our services. We're all giving half a day to a day a week depending on how we would split that as chaplains to, to go into the clubs. Uh, and then it's down to the clubs if they're interested. And the, the reason it's, it's spread so much is y- you'd get this in football. A player, a manager, a member of staff will move from one club to another, will turn up at a club where they don't have a chaplain and say, oh, you know, we used to have a chaplain at our club and he used to come in and, and listen to us. And, and that then gives them an opportunity to open up a conversation at a new club. So that's, that's generally how it spreads um, you know, throughout football.
3: You mentioned managers there. I mean, do you get a lot of managers as well as players? Because obviously players are younger and probably struggling to find their way in the world. Managers are a bit more seasoned. But do you find them approaching you as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we there are different issues, aren't there? You know, a player might be thinking about his, I don't know, he might be injured or he might be thinking about you know, concerns about playing. A manager's got to carry that that, that, the the whole load of not just choosing the team, but relationships with with directors and owners and and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, managers... And a number of the the chaplains I've been in contact with during this pandemic, they've said they've had more conversations with their managers during this time than they ever had before uh, because the manager's been on the phone talking to them about stuff. So... Yeah, we're very much there for everybody, and not just on the playing side. I mean, that's an important point to make as well. You know you'd appreciate this, but at the moment, a lot of staff are furloughed, uh, that a lot of staff that perhaps, particularly at League One, League Two clubs, are thinking about where, where's all this going to go when we come through this, whatever that statement me- means, uh, they need support as well, because you know they're individuals, they're people that, that we want to care for as well.
2: And are you finding, I mean, we're in a different kind of climate, I think, in the last 10 years or so, you know, people are encouraged to to talk about their feelings. I mean, certainly in sport and in football. So are you finding more people willing to do that, share the any issues they have with you, maybe, than they were sort of a decade or so ago? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I
0: think. You know, it's often been the case. It's it's once you get to know and and trust someone, then you're more prepared to open up, aren't you? That's true in you know in society and, and generally. Uh, but yes, the, the, a lot of the stigma that there's been around, for example, mental health issues, has has changed over the last ten years. You know, particularly of course following the sad death of, of, of Gary Speed on, on the playing and side of things. So, yeah, you know, yeah, people are speaking about things more. Uh, and, and opening up a bit better, uh, which is obviously you know, only a good thing.
3: Do you, do you ever come across agnostic players? I mean, people who just think, well, oh, this is not for me, and, you know, th- thanks very much, that sort of idea.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, that's where we're not there to force anything on anybody. You know, we are a resource uh, who, who's available for everybody, and some will talk to you more than others. Uh, You know, it's interesting when somebody goes through a crisis, of course, they're they're perhaps more likely then. And I've I've known that in the past, someone who may not have much of a conversation with you before, once a crisis comes up, then they they really do want to speak. But yeah, there are, you know, there there are people who really get Chaplaincy, uh, whether they've got a faith or not, they see it as really important. There are those that are agnostic about it as well, and maybe it's not for me. But I think the general feel is now, this is something that's really good, and and it helps, and it's pastoral support, and it's something that we want to embrace. And my my role is supported by the Premier League, the EFL, and the PFA, uh, and they're fully behind it. They're, I meet with them on a sort of three or four monthly basis, and 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 talk to them. They're very keen and, uh, in supporting what we're doing, so uh, it, it's really. Yeah, it's really understood
1: now within football. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is
2: Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. You can only imagine the excitement, nerves, trepidation of uh, the Premier League players. Uh, just uh, just over 48 hours to go until the league kicks off again. So again, it's always great to get a bit of insight from the boys in the front line. we can do that once again uh, and catch up with uh, Premier League footballer, Jason Bent. Jason, very good afternoon.
4: Yeah, how are you doing, lads? Um, You had a good weekend?
2: Yeah, not too bad, Jason. What's it been like? I mean, have the nerves started to kick in?
4: Yeah, um, I think they have a little bit, to be honest with you. I've had had a decent weekend. I've had to get back in training, obviously. You know, I haven't managed to keep two fits. My house is so big, I only discovered last week that I I have a gym um, and a chef and a son, actually. (laughs) <laughs> um, but this this weekend, I've been taking advantage of these support bubbles. Have been in seven of them since Saturday, um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But I gotta say, the season, from my point of view, is pretty much finished now. Andy,
2: is there any area you want to cover uh, today? Which well, is?
3: I'm uh, basically. Are you are you looking forward to the restart?
4: Um, not really. Um, I mean, listen, we've all had these time off, we've all been able to focus on you know one or two things that need improving. I think these three months off will hopefully give the people in charge of VAR the chance to work out how to use it. Um, yes, but it's gonna, it's it's going to be difficult, isn't it? It's going to be different. Um, it's it's it, you know, no, no fans. It's gonna be hard to get myself going for the matches um, with with no crowd, nothing to play for. You know, there, there, there's no fans in the grounds, are they? How do you think that's gonna feel on the radio with no fans? I think it's gonna be it's gonna be different. You're gonna be able to hear what the managers are shouting, which yeah. is gonna be interesting for the fans. You know, yeah. score a goal, fall over, kick him in the ghoulies. People don't get to hear that sort of stuff, apart from Roy Hodgson. No-one's going to be hitting him. Apparently, he's taking no chances and is wearing a full-on hazmat suit for all the matches. (laughs) And he's going to be working from home on a Zoom. They're just popping an iPad up on the bench and letting him crack on.
2: um, (laughs) Will work. Yeah, it's
5: a good
4: idea.
2: (laughs) Now, one of the other things that's happened in in, uh, lockdown, uh, rather worryingly, really, and we've seen it recently, is the amount of break-ins that footballers Mm. have yeah, had at home. I mean, I, 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 we hope the same thing hasn't happened to you.
4: Yes, yeah, happened to a few pals. Deli Ali um Mares, they have all been. I've decided I can't take the risks anymore. You know what I've done is I've asked Roy Keane to walk around my property at night, and no one's gonna. Yeah, you know, no one's coming near them. Let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> well, well, he we had, had a scare. He had. Um, last week I think maybe two weeks ago we had two watches um, worth 30 grand nicked you know I, just, I couldn't believe you can get a watch for as little as that so <laughs> I, I think it must be some sort of fake to be honest lads
3: yeah. Yeah,
2: of course yeah
3: yeah now, now, I was going to ask you uh, sorry, Jason Andy, yeah. sorry Paul have you, are you have you thought of buying one of those security dogs that everybody seems to be going in for
4: um, I've mentioned Roy Keane, haven't I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Get know what much.
3: you could save yourself 30 grand. I
2: don't know how much Roy charges but he's probably not cheap but he may be cheaper than 30 grand that's very true and um, finally the changes of rules and the adjustments to the game that you're going to see when it comes back on Wednesday anything you're a bit concerned about
4: um, well it's, I don't know I don't really thought it through you know no ball boys how's that going to work no self-respecting footballer is gonna walk them three yards to get the ball. I think the ball's gonna be out of play for hours. To be honest, with you and
5: there's
4: all sorts of questions like if you go, is this is it gonna be a penalty? Like right, if you collapse in the box with Corona, and will you get a yellow a card? Point. If your test comes back negative, is that gonna be seen as a dive? Is that a yellow card? You see, you see what I mean, lads? I'm thinking these things through. That you start getting talked about. and giving you the insiders' perspective on things. I'm looking forward to the match. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to get stuck. I'm going to miss certain things, you know, with no fans there. I'm going to miss all the coins laying down on me when I take a corner. Maybe (laughs) Sky could recreate that with some sort of (laughs) coin cannon. Um, Just to mention, lads, you might want to get your hands on some of these. I've been focusing on um Jason Ben merchandise and I've got a load of Jason Ben vitamins proven to cure covid. Um legally I'm required to say they make absolutely no difference but they do <laughs> uh, they do cure covid. A range of Jason Ben face masks I can get some of them over to you lads in the studio or home whatever you like. 49.99. They're made of me old pants. Oh. Um
3: <laughs> they sound good.
4: 150 quid lads. They're signed and unwashed. So oh. just let me know what your your price bracket is, <laughs> and um, I'm also working on a vaccine. Um, that's something that I see, you know, quite a big opportunity for for my, for my JB9 uh, growth in China. Um, yeah. But yeah, roll on the season, lads. Roll on the season.
2: Well, look, good luck with the vaccine. It all oh, sounds good for you. I mean, it's, I suppose you are an obvious person to go to when it comes to. Uh, this so, uh, Jason. Lovely. Look, good luck Wednesday. I would say normally say break a leg, but that's not a great idea for a footballer. Is, but uh, enjoy. It. Yeah, Hope thanks, it all goes lads. well.
4: Uh, uh, and before I go, I just want to say thanks to my accountants. They've done a great job. He fairloded me in week one. I've been getting hundred grand a week from the government. So it's it's a it's a pay cup. We've all got to do our
2: bit. Well, that's very good of you. Well you, Thanks very much. Thanks
4: a lot, lads. Take it easy. All,
2: all the, the best. best. There we are. Jason Bent there. Can't wait to get uh, back. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a face mask, just 50 quid.
1: Reasonable. Uh, like it sounds good. Yeah,
2: and uh, the vitamins sound
1: great as well. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby
2: and Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Of course, Royal Ascot gets underway tomorrow and we'll be bringing you some uh, live racing throughout the week. Uh, but spare a thought for our next guest. We speak to him every year ahead of Of Royal Ascot, Uh, he is supplier of many of the top hats you you, you normally see uh, at the meeting, but alas, of course, uh, not this year. So um, how's business been? Let's find out from uh, the boss of uh, Hetherington Hats, Martin Ellis-Jones. Martin, a very good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Uh, We speak to you in very different circumstances. Normally today you're incredibly busy. People are stopping by to pick up their hats. Last minute bits of business. (laughs)
5: <laughs> At least like this. We have a chance to talk. So, so yes, indeed, it's a different year. Cause the Queen is the is the biggest uh, sort of loser on this because she this is her absolute town of as uh, for all her Cuban colours, colours and her garden parties of all. Off.
2: Hello, hello. I it, a...
5: all, all have wonderful events. Or all
2: off. Um, oh yes, they are. Yes, they, they, <laughs> of
3: course. Yes, we so, thought you'd gone there for a minute. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we lost we, you there for a moment, what, Martin. The, uh, Martin, um, what? Yeah. What about people? Uh, we're hearing quite a bit of this that people are going to do their own Royal Ascot at home. They're going to get in the garden. They're going to get fully dressed up. Have you had anybody sort of wanting to hire a top hat for that? No, but we don't hire them. But I haven't you?
5: Maybe, maybe it's a bit early in the week. It's his Monday and people tend to leave it all to us uh, things. And maybe people who will, will be having parties on the Thursday and the Friday and the Saturday, I think it's a good day on the Saturday,
6: they will, they
5: will probably, they might certainly come along to see me. And uh, who, who knows? It's all, bit soft this time, isn't it, it's just. We
2: are it. we we are struggling a little bit with the line, Martin. I do apologise. So we'll try and get you back on a on a slightly better line because it's got a bit Roly in QC, <laughs> on us this, this particular, isn't <laughs> it? Really. <laughs> um, so yes. um, yeah, it's, it's in the Paul Whitehouse envelope. But we we'll try and It's only because we can't hear Martin, um, and so we'll try and get him back. We'll try and get him back uh, very shortly if we can and find out uh, yeah. what's life like uh, if you're. Um, A milliner, not James Milliner, obviously. Yes,
3: (laughs) he always says uh, says they don't hire the hats out, but I I see they only sell. I mean, if
2: you you were going to have a virtual Royal Ascot party, Andy, you might pop Hmm. down the old fancy dress shop and get a a sort of temporary. I'm not sure you'd spend 800 quid on a badger hair (laughs) one to sit in your garden watching the telly,
3: would you? No, but there's a, there's a company called ToffsRUs.com, oh, okay. and they're under the banner of Hetherington Hats. They say proper old black silk top hats for sale, for hire, and want it. So there's obviously yeah. some sort of, you know, trade in second-hand hats and hiring hats. Well, not surprising, they're 800 quid a hat. You thinking again That's in quite the
2: second-hand lot. hat business, Andy, is this? Oh, I
3: don't think I am, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would seem extremely I we got, unlikely. I think we got Martin yeah. back. Martin, are you there? Oh, good. Absolutely fine, yeah. Oh, it e- Sounds, emailing, yeah. sounds Well, you know, almost said, sounded good there for a, I don't a second. Know, <laughs> I don't think I'm
2: we're clearer. wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, in all seriousness, this is a real, obviously, it's been a terrible blow to business for for your company. This is this is probably the busiest. Is this
5: the oh, busiest period generally probably. of
2: the it year? It's, this is by season as a rule, but anyway, it's
5: all off this year, and it's the right off this year, but I just hope that people are going to have a nice time. I mean, it is so. So, so much salvation, party. I mean, people have got, you know, these ladies have got their hats sorted, their husbands uh, all sort of sorted out. They're suddenly bashed, the whole thing just disappears. But, you know, they're worse things. Uh, they're restaurants and people, they you know, rely on it and get all the stuff in. I'm just going to have to suffer quietly, and I yeah. will
2: suffer. Quietly. Mm. Have you reopened today, Martin? Have you, the shop oh, I'm reopened? open. And I'm open 24 seven. I mean, uh, somebody sort of rings me
5: up at 12, 12 o'clock at night. I'll do, I'll do something. And I'm absolutely open for business. And open for suggestions. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, one has, has to take a, this type of view because this is unprecedented. But there are people much worse off than I. You know, there are people who are employing lots of people and, you know, regularly ask it, and the people that have oh, car parking, and, you know, everything that you don't think of is going wrong. But, you know, then suddenly you find out about it, and uh, you can see the point. I mean, there are all sorts of people uh, who have been going there for years, and it's just, it's happened.
2: Yes, but there, there are
5: worse things going on.
2: And will you watch yeah, the that... race, in Martin? Will you yeah, watch, I, really? yes, I might well do. Yeah, I'll try and look at, pick
5: out that horse or horse like Karen Farron's when over the weekend. He had, had a two hundred to one shot. Well, you don't need to have an awful, like, awfully large bet to do well on that.
2: No, Good Well, point. Look, We are still slightly struggling with the line, Martin. So we'll, we'll say uh, we'll we'll speak to you next year when I'm sure. Everything will be back to normal, and you'll be once again rushed off your feet and very busy. Uh, so, uh, I'll thank you. We'll be happy, happy to speak. To you good stuff. Thank you very much. There's uh, Martin Ellis Jones. Apologies for the quality of the line. <laughs> <laughs> what is his line? I just gave him a bit of me. a fast show quality that he just doesn't <laughs> he have. It was, the line was phasing <laughs> I love, and I just saw, I, the, I just saw Paul sitting in that big chest <laughs> of him, <laughs> with a chair with a glass of, but that's not Martin at all. It's just the line yeah.
3: that did it to him. It was a bit unfortunate really. I love Here the idea are. though that somebody's <laughs> suddenly at midnight gets the idea that, oh, I must buy a top hat. I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> phone Martin Ellis Jones. I can't see. <laughs> The man sleep. quarter past in two in the morning. Does he, if, but if you phone him at court, is it like a call out? Is it, if, if you're it's
2: unsociable hours, is it? If you suddenly find you want a top hat, as I said, Slash from Guns and Roses, the only bloke who at quarter past two is going to be in need of a top hat at short notice, isn't he? Really, I didn't know he, he be, to speak not to us. Be really. anybody else. So there we are. Uh, this, yeah. uh, this, old yes. master. Now, I'm surprised uh, our old mate Mark Burcham, uh, former QPR player, coach, and indeed fan of the club. Um, he's kept his head down today because your boy's Chelsea played in yesterday and gave him a bit of a shoeing. 7-1.
3: 7-1 it was, Ooh. yeah. But, yeah. It, you know, look, first of all, you know, Chelsea have been back longer than QPR, so they had an advantage anyway, despite, you know, as well as having... You know, obviously a better set of players. So, you know, it wasn't surprising. You can't read too much into it. You know, uh, Liverpool beat Sheffield uh, Blackburn the other day, 6-0. So yeah. you're going to get some odd results, aren't you? Tottenham lost to Norwich. Oh, dear. Yeah, but Norwich said, are a bit of a bogey team for
2: Tottenham, aren't they? They are. well, they, Yeah, I think they finished there. Uh, yeah, we, they, they played very well against us last time. The um, It's going to be interesting. What, and what are we reading into pre-season, friends? Because we do this every time. If you have a good pre-season, you send to stink the place out when the season starts but I mean yeah, I don't this think it feels like anything. such a false pre-season doesn't it
3: yeah. <laughs> even falser than usual I'd say
2: yes indeed anything else you want to share with the class Andy yes
3: um, what have we got here oh uh that was a that was a massive that was a massive front. You see, somebody stole a car from the from the British Touring Championships. It's unbelievable what people will take. I can't, really? can't even find it now. It's incredible. Um, what one of the cars was due ever... to race in it in the in the yes. Event? I, I wish I hadn't started that story because I can't find the cutting that goes with it now. It's brilliant, isn't it? I'm well, doing extremely enough. well today.
2: It's shocking enough as a fact, I'll give you that. It's just a
3: bit more meat I've got a bit of, phones. Oh, yeah, I've nice. got two, two normal things. A bit of tabloid ease here, a uh, tabloid thesaurus. Uh, they were writing about soy sauce. Soy sauce lovers face a shortage because more people are cooking Chinese meals at home. Mm. Uh, supermarket shelves have been stripped of the salty Asian condiment.
2: Oh, beautiful! beautiful. <laughs> we got a very similar thing in the story we're going to talk about later on. The world of porridge making. The the world porridge making championship will go ahead, but virtually. And uh, having used the word porridge once, the sun couldn't go in again. So they then called it sweet or savoury oatmeal dishes. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. a great art, isn't it, of uh, not repeating it is. the word in a sort of fifty-word <laughs> piece. So uh, uh, some of us slightly Excellent. more strained than others. I don't know. During, in the build-up to, uh, I think it was the. 1970 World Cup. Were you aware of this? They had a rally, a World Cup rally that the Daily Mirror came up with and they had lots of sort of top rally drivers who left London in April and uh, drove all the way to Mexico. Jimmy Greaves was part of this, wasn't he? That's right. I think he was. That's right. But it was an amazing event. But I was reading something about it uh, at the weekend and um, one of the guys involved, like bloke called Bobby Buchanan-Michelson, who was a sort of millionaire, he entered the race. <laughs> oh, no, and, really? And, yeah, yeah, not a plumber. Uh, no. And okay. um, 150, uh, 150 yards from his house, he got booked for speeding. <laughs> great, isn't it? 16,000 miles still to go. 150 yards from his house, he's revved away from the front door. Uh, Copper's flagged him down, gave him a ticket. So that, that boded well for the next uh, month or so getting there. But anyway, there we are. Um, a bit yeah, of seventeen nostalgia. You're not nostalgic out quite yet, obviously, and not until Wednesday. That's the official end of nostalgia,
3: <laughs> Wednesday. Well, we, bo- Wednesday we both enjoyed, though. to be fair, we both enjoyed the uh, revisiting Turin with Gary Lineker oh, it was and excellent. Uh, Terry Butcher. Butcher that and was and a Paul well-made Parker. film, and you know it's just this showing of I couldn't be bothered to watch you know Euro 96 and the BBC were putting out all oh, the teams are out the team sheets all oh, they've scored you think it's not happening now don't pretend it's happening now it's not happening now and that doesn't make it any better it just annoyed me but there you go oh, it doesn't take much
2: to annoy you as we'll discover no, as the Premier League season <laughs> exactly. gets underway
1: on Wednesday the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport <laughs>
2: Paul Jacob's here on Talk Sport. Uh, well another casualty has been uh, claimed. Uh, it's the World Porridge Making Championships. It was due to take yes. place up in Scotland in October but uh, they've gone virtual. They've called it early Andy uh, fearing that uh, we won't be through it uh,
3: at that stage. Uh, joining us now. It, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry Andy what were you going to say? No, I didn't say it's a pity but I was going to carry on sorry. <laughs> No no but I mean, the thing with this rejection you put <laughs> no, no, but lot when you remo- God bless you and <laughs> no, thank you no uh, no but when anyway. you're working like this remotely a comment that would have been normal <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't work at all I'm sorry you got anything else to add or not can we speak to the guest <laughs> yeah, you can
2: Charlie Miller is uh is uh, the organizer he joins us now good afternoon Charlie good afternoon well, uh, it's a great shame, but you have. I mean, look, you've called it. Was it difficult to make the call this early? Because October is a fair old time away, but it just wasn't possible, to even contemplate it at the moment.
7: A large part of our uh, contestant base comes from abroad, oh. and we were concerned, first of all, that the accommodation providers wouldn't be open in time, mm. and secondly, there's still this threat of um, uh, quarantine for visitors coming from abroad. So we felt we couldn't make a a, a, hold, a call that we could sustain. So we decided to go virtual just to give us a, a competition of some sort.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, when Paul told me you were going virtual, I, d- I did think, I mean, is it possible? I mean, is it possible to judge it? Surely you're all, your whole criteria is texture, taste, you know, that sort of thing. So how will you be judging it?
7: Yeah, you're quite right. That That's normally the criteria that we use. But uh, on this occasion, we're going for... Uh, a study of the ingredients to look for a balance to look for a harmony between the different ingredients and then supplement that with the performance of the people who are producing the dishes Um, a little bit of an act if you like and then from that we'll judge the best speciality porridge of the year now we spoke to your winner
2: last year. Uh, yeah,
7: Lisa. yeah.
2: that's right. Yeah, we spoke to Lisa, and uh, she's English. She took, we brought the title south, darling. <laughs> oh dear. Which, uh, which we obviously we very much enjoyed. And uh, she, she's not the first. No, okay, fair she enough. She may be the yeah. last,
7: but she's not the first. <laughs> uh, have you had overseas winners as well? Then have you oh, said yes, they so come from
2: abroad? The, yeah,
7: yeah. Yeah, we've had Americans, Germans, uh, Irish, um, oh, what else? Canadian. Wow! Yeah, okay. we've had we've had them. I think last year we had um, 11 different nationalities competing. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, we've had competitors from Indonesia, from Russia, uh, from China, all over the world basically. Fantastic!
2: And They all bring their I own f- kind of individual mm. sort of
7: flair. I suppose you know, so
2: if somebody makes porridge in China. There's probably things that people in Scotland or England, or wherever, can from
7: can learn from their techniques. Wherever you go in the world, you'll find that there's a porridge of some kind, but it's not always made with oats. And our dish is always made with oats. So if they come from a background of using, let's say, maize, they would have to uh, translate that into a porridge, an oat based dish. Yeah.
6: Okay.
3: We had some odd porridge in Russia, and I've eaten odd porridge in Japan.
7: The Russian porridge, it was
2: like tapioca, Charlie. It was was a bit like tapioca. I wasn't sure. I'm not a big fan.
7: Uh, yeah, the, there's all sorts, but it's a staple in just about everywhere in the world, um, including in uh, the colonies of um, America and Canada. They use something they call grits, which oh, is yeah. essentially a porridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the um, they... sorry, yeah,
3: i um Sorry, Oh, sorry. I've changed my porridge-making methods in lockdown. It's oh, uh, yeah. Well, I have, because I've just had a little bit more time than I normally have, so I decided forget the microwave. I'm going to go back to the old-fashioned oh, yeah. you know, mix. It's so much better. I can't believe how much better the porridge comes out when you make it properly rather oh, than just it in the microwave. Charlie, you don't have a microwave section in your competition.
2: are oh, I mean, flies in the face,
7: doesn't it? We definitely do not have a microwave section, no. <laughs> okay, I do apologise. Um, well, the, the traditional recipe is salt, water and porridge. Um, yeah. And how you pull them together is really the basis of the main competition, the Golden Swirtle. Mm-hmm. If you want to introduce a flair to your uh, your national ingredients or whatever, then we go into the speciality competition and people can introduce, let's say, uh, a sort of tahine based dish from North Africa or, or a, a spicy chili dish from either India or something mm-hmm. from Mexico. It's up to their individual flair. Mm-hmm. We had a guy two years ago. A guy produced eleven de- separate dishes as tapas uh, on the speciality wow. section, and he, he won. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm yeah. not a big
2: fan of the savoury porridge, though, Charlie. I struggle with it a bit. Maybe I've just got to taste a very good one, but to me, it, it's a it's a it's a sweet it's a breakfast thing and I, Sweet, I really strain... sweet, yeah. Well, you don't not sweet, on it, do you? Not not sweet as such, but it's. I a, I, I it, go with the sauce
3: and the maple syrup. I like a bit oh. of you know sort of that combination a bit of salt in there and half the milk out? half water
7: oh dear well i do i do <laughs> one, i do one third potty to two thirds water right i sleep it overnight i bring it to the boil and that's it that's all
2: okay. wow. that's it no messing about and you yeah, have to yeah, thing of leaving it
7: overnight mm.
2: has to be a spurtle not a wooden spoon uh, it has key. to be a
7: spurtle if you, unless you want a lumpy dish it has to be a spurtle Fair enough. Oh, okay. okay.
2: Are you, have you tried R- the cold overnight
7: oats, Charlie? Have you ever yes, tried no. that? You, oh. You, what do you think? I think they'll be a bit claggy for my taste. <laughs> That's a beautiful a pronunciation thing, of the though. word
2: claggy. <laughs> <It
3: is. laughs> because uh, and the old-fashioned oats are slightly bigger, aren't they, than the sort of normal? I know Scots themselves do their normal oats, and they, then they do the old-fashioned, which gives you a bit of a. It's a bigger flake. I would have said.
7: Oh yeah, they're just they're just jumbo porridge joys. They're they're uh, pressed a bit uh, a bit more to give them a bigger size. The competition requires you use oatmeal, which mm. is uh, an earlier stage in the porridge production. Uh, personally, I I do uh, the potty joints rather than the oatmeal, but it's it's all down to a matter of taste.
2: Indeed. Well, look, Charlie, lovely to talk to you. We ga- we're glad the Good competition stuff. goes ahead. No doubt in October we'll we'll find room to talk about it. And uh, and uh, thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate it.
7: No problem. My pleasure.
2: Charlie Miller there, uh, one of the organisers of the World Porridge Making Championship that goes ahead virtually in October. That was lovely, Andy. I mean, I've always thought of you as a a kind of, when it comes to cooking, as as being a bit of a purist. And then you hit the organiser of that competition and said, oh, I've decided I don't microwave it anymore. (laughs) You Philistine man. For goodness sake. What does it take? How much effort is there in stirring something in a pot on a low heat? How long time is it? Time. <laughs> How much time, time is actually, money. To be honest, you haven't got a lot of time left, have you? Microwaves
1: <laughs> all around. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. The Talksport clips of the week. Yes, it is uh, Clips
2: of the Week time now. Well, it's not really. It's uh, Clips of the Week time in January 2003 because, as we were telling you uh, last week, the old mini-discs have emerged from a basement bunker somewhere and um, they've got these old clips on that we've not heard since then but they've been repurposed, digitised, and we have little intros. We've got no idea uh, what they're going to be like. (laughs) We haven't heard them, um, but the producer... Assures us they're good, so if they're not, it's his fault. No, fingers crossed they will be. It's a lot of fun hearing them again. Uh, a few old voices from the past. Andy, would you care to kick us off? Yes, we start with a caller,
3: getting a bit tangential.
5: Just going back to what you were saying about um, people with jobs. Nicky Hazard's back at Wild Lane um, for a while now, but he also drives a taxi.
2: Uh huh. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Has yeah. it, it picked you up? Uh, no, 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 not at
5: all. I, I've got my own car, but uh, there you go. Anyway,
3: wish you a happy Christmas. I've got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> great.
2: Slightly lost its way, didn't it?
3: Really, but also um, it's January two thousand and three. Why is he wishing us so a happy Christmas? I think it must have Pressing been one from year. over Christmas. We didn't play <laughs> okay. till the January. <laughs> this, right. is,
2: okay. this is Mike Parry reacting to the news that Switzerland and Austria would host Euro two thousand and eight.
1: The only thing in Switzerland and Austria are mostly mountains, and then, of course, the Cuckoo Clocks and the Lederhosen and the old Alpine uh, Horn. I mean, crikey, you know, what sort of a country is this to host a football tournament? <laughs> well, it's two to a, for a start. <laughs> <laughs> really.
2: I think you've gone quite route one on the clichés there, yeah. Mike, apart from the
3: chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Switzerland is sort of where FIFA's based, whatever you think of them. Anyway, staying with Mr. Barry, having his say on a recent England defeat...
1: No, I think you'll find, actually, Keith, that we learnt a lesson from the Holland game. The Holland game is a bit of a debacle. Debacle. Yeah,
2: indeed. Debacle. <laughs> of course. This is Alan Brazil uh, returning from an ad break. On 1089 and
1: 1053 a.m. Talk
2: Sport. Marty, uh, morning, 18 minutes after 7
3: o'clock. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head in.
2: Get the hit him. <laughs> oh, wow, he sounds, like, he sounds so young, doesn't he?
3: Well, 17 years ago. Well, I know. Mike Power, he sounds like it could be him yesterday. Doesn't sound any That's different true. at all. It's bizarre. Here's old friend of the show, Jonathan Beals, with a quiz question.
6: Tony Hawks um, came from which uh, which American state? Begins with C. Um, which American uh, state does, does
2: Tony Hawks evolve from? Evolve. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit of a state. I think Yeah, I okay. Uh, this is the legendary Mike Dickin now, inexplicably channeling Yoda. Good afternoon. I'm Mike Dickin. This is Talksport.
5: Julian
3: Julie is with me. A computer Active Magazine. He from. <laughs> <laughs> you <get a> bit <laughs> that's Yoda, great. There. I do like that. Yeah, great voice. Great voice. Back to Big Al, uh, which in the case of this clip doesn't stand for Alan, but in fact alliteration. Let's go to Gloucester. And we'll keep James in the line as well and speak to Mark. Um,
2: I think Mark agrees with Mike. Mark, morning. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mark, morning. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah. Now, yeah. of course, in 2002, Paul Gascoigne moved to China to play for Gansu. And here's a Chinese football expert getting very excited about his imminent arrival.
1: You know, he is the popular football star in China. Many, many of Chinese fans like him. They know everything about him. The most uh, remarkable memory is his uh, famous tears in
2: 1992. Yeah, of yes. course, his famous Italian uh, <laughs> Italia 1992 and those, those
3: famous... He was probably still crying two years on. I would imagine. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. as, here's Laurie McMenemy hosting the post-match phone-in, reading out a text. This is a one here for me. It's, uh, it says maybe Gerard Julia should watch the Red Bull advert where it says,
5: but boss, uh, there's no one from the left and the right. And who needs oranges at half time? Red Bull and miracles. Can't understand a word of that myself, personally. <laughs>
3: we just <laughs> read out a whole ad for them. <laughs> you tell them, Laurie. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um,
2: so uh, is it me? This is Alan Brazil yes. now being quizzed about his route home. Did you A1 it all
5: the way out? No, I didn't, actually. I I went went down the um, M1, M6, and then I cut across this new road, which is excellent. If you don't know, it's the A50 at Junction 16.
1: It goes from Stoke on the M6 right to past Derby on the M1, and then you go down the M1 a bit, and then you cut across an A14. It's brilliant. It cuts out Birmingham. It's excellent.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I always loved the that clip, is anything, yeah, it's, like, it's not great, is it? It cuts out Birmingham, it's excellent. And this was obviously before the toll road. <laughs>
3: so. How many times did we catch Alan doing that, giving that route out? Honestly? The A50, I yeah. Love. In
2: the end, it was always, it was so many cars on. Well, you'd take the A50, it was busier than the M1 at Fort Dunlop. <laughs> uh,
3: the, you know, the M6, I mean, because Alan had given it out so many times. <laughs> Actually, it's not the first time, here we are. It's not the first time he got excited about the A50. Here he is with uh, Robbie Fowler. How
0: are you, Rob? You okay? Good weekend? Not too bad, mate. I'm down at uh, St. George's Park doing my A license. uh, Oh, lovely.
5: I passed it the other day. I didn't realise it's just off that A50, isn't it? Um, Yes, that's the one, mate.
2: Yeah, not sure Robbie's uh, (laughs) au fait with the A50 route. He's (laughs) not. He normally just uh, to to the traffic. Uh, and finally, we go back to Mike Dickin, the late, great Mike Dickin, bemoaning his health and channeling his inner Craig David. Once upon a time,
5: you had a cold. It started on Monday. It was bloody awful on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, it started to disappear. Now you get a cold on Monday. It gets worse on Tuesday, worse than that on Wednesday. By Thursday, you can't speak. On Friday, you really can't move. Saturday and Sunday, you spend the whole damn weekend in bed. Monday you feel like death warmed up and Tuesday you don't feel much better Wednesday you may wander down to have a little watch of the telly for five minutes come Thursday and Friday you think I may just be able to go out by now but within three weeks you may just be able to get back to work three
2: weeks always felt that was the lyric that uh, that Craig Davies should have gone with but yeah, old Mike so there we mm-hmm. are. Um, there's more old uh, clips from those uh, long-lost mini-discs from
3: 2003. you said around. the word clips there. <laughs> I wonder what you were yeah. going to say. <laughs>
2: oh, no. They were clips, definitely clips. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, there we are. Um, we'll bring you Striker now. This is the Steve Bruce uh, murder mystery that he wrote back in the late 90s, one of three books he wrote, Steve. Uh, three whodunits. Very impressive, really. So um, let's pick up where we left off the other day. Ian Danter is bringing it to life with his fine impression of uh, Steve and uh, Steve Barnes the manager of Lettersford Town uh, has been all but cleared of Pat Duffy's murder that's how the book started he's arrived back at the stadium as he continues his own personal investigation for the real murderer he's turned amateur sleuth of course all the while preparing for a promotion six pointer against Fulton
6: chapter nine all around the stadium there's a perimeter fence against the gate close to the barrier Members of the public had placed bouquets and wreaths of flowers in memory of Pat Duffy. I asked the police driver to stop. I got out. I examined the flowers in full view of media cameras. My intention was to show my respects in the most appropriate fashion. I'd have done the same if they had not been a camera inside. In fact, however, the result was a media coup. Those pictures went round the world and did me a great deal of good in terms of positive PR. Julie informed me that my chairman, Sir Lawrence Brooke, was also anxious to talk to me. I enjoyed a warm bath. Not a hot one, or a cold one. Warm. My body was bruised, but that was nothing particularly new. In many a game, I'd taken a lot of stick and dished out punishment as well. I think the worst time was in a tough game against Juventus. Real name there. A lot of money was riding on the results of that match. Afterwards, I was a mass of bruises. The Continentals are supposed to avoid physical contact. Don't you believe it? Julie, I said once I was back in my office. Will you tell Sir Lawrence I'm free now? There was no need. Sir Lawrence entered at that very moment. Are you sure that you're okay, Steve? It was clear that the chairman was concerned for my personal well-being, for my family and friends, and also for the future of the club into which he'd invested a considerable amount of money, a large part of his personal wealth. I'd like promotion this season, Steve. I'll do my best, I told him. I'll be talking to Eddie and the squad very soon. I've told them all to report to the conference room, Sir Lawrence said. And then he added, What's this story in the morning newspapers that we've placed Lawson on the transfer list? It's not true, is it? It is true. I explained to Sir Lawrence the events in the nightclub the previous evening, the fight with the two bouncers included. Why on earth does a fella like Lawson need to carry a knife? Sir Lawrence asked. Beats me, I replied.
2: Ooh. Here we are, beautifully done by Dance, who does Sir Lawrence as Steve, mm. but slightly posher. You
3: notice know, that oh, as well, slightly, uh, that's it's slightly really posher. professional, isn't he? I love the idea that Steve thought the Continentals liked to avoid physical contact. He'd never seen Chile versus Italy from the 1962 <laughs> World Cup. What you're about to see is the most <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, is he, I've seen exactly. David
2: Coleman's report on that match. <laughs> the um, also... The, the warm bath was, was beautiful. And the idea yeah. that he went to Pat Duffy's funeral Star Strike and just saw it as a good PR exercise. <laughs> no, it's not a bit great, cynical, man. Cynical Steve uh, <laughs> Barnes, not Steve Bruce, of course. Steve is uh, merely no, the course. author, he is not the yes. character. And um, Fulton, yeah, that's um, Croven Cottage, they play at uh, Fulton. They're a lovely club, they play there do on the river. Think. Lovely, yeah. The River Timms, they, they play on, I think you'll find,
1: yeah. Of course they do, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast, from TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost
7: 50 pounds.
5: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
3: Do you want a sporting measurement? This is a fantastic oh yeah, I love a sporting one. measurement, Eddie, of course. I don't know if you saw that very large boat. It's the biggest vessel of its kind, 400 metres long, 61 metres wide, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a container ship. It says you could almost fit four Wembley stadiums in on this massive container ship, and uh, it's 400 metres by 61, while the uh, England National Football Ground is 105 by 68. It's all very useful. It's as if you needed to know that it was big by imagining four Wembleys, but there you go. Fair enough. Well, that's, really.
2: that's quite good, actually. As sporting measurements go. It, it, it does help, doesn't it? If you're trying to get the idea of how big this thing is, I'd say four Wembleys gives you a pretty decent idea. <laughs> okay. What about, yeah, I'd me, the that thing really that brought down the size of Wembley to me uh, was I went there for, I went for a, a cup final. I was on a jolly, a uh, nice sort of corporate jolly for one of the cup FA cup finals <laughs> in one of the boxes. But I went in through the, the, the main section and um, I said, I'm looking for this box. He said, Oh yes, sir. He said, it's um, it's it's around the other side of the ground. He said, you'll just uh, turn right here. Just keep walking, walking. It's about half a mile on the right. <laughs> oh, it takes ages, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's
6: okay. It's okay. Oh, So the corporate, the
3: the corporate bits, eighteen minutes to get to to there to the back to your seat. Don't you
2: remember we did that? We went. I think uh, we talked about it, and um, I think the Wembley's um, hospitality people they just wanted to put some some journalists and broadcasters in there because when the games were kicking off and you had this great great swathe of empty seats, they said it can't be helped. By the time you've left the hospitality room, because these you know it wasn't people like us, but people who paid an awful lot of money for Wembley tickets, it would take them. I don't know, 10 minutes to get to their seat. They'd barely put a bit of cake and a cup of tea in their mouth and they'd be walking back again. <laughs> the idea really would be to serve them there. just drop things via parachute so they didn't have to move at all. But we did speak no, to I one did. bloke, very well-heeled guy, him and his missus, he'd retired, he'd made his money in business. He said... You know, if she wants a cup of tea and a bit of cake, I'm bringing her back. Whether I miss the first ten minutes isn't even here nor there. So he, d- he didn't true. care. He was very unapologetic about all those empty red plastic seats, wasn't he? he didn't care at all. So, anyway. So that um, won't be a problem now. It won't be, be no. They're, let's they're not get like hung t- up <laughs> on empty seats. Where, well, where have all the corporate mob gone? <laughs> even their cardboard cutouts won't be put in place. That's, That's what right, you true. do. All their cardboard corporate <laughs> ones, they'll go in. They'll go in uh, about 10 minutes after the game's kicked off.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me
2: to leave it out. Here we go then. Five questions based on last week's shows. We ask Andy these every Monday to see how much he can remember. We started doing this, but I would often say to him, I don't remember we spoke to someone so last week, he'd say, don't ask me. So we thought it could, it could be a feature and here we are years later. But let's see if he can get the elusive five out of five. He's <laughs> only only a twice. Of times. twice. Twice and Sockley once. Sockley yeah. did very well. Uh, Ian Prouse, musician, singer, songwriter, joined us uh, the other yes. day. He was once in a band named after a very famous footballer. What were the band called? Pele. Well done. Congratulations. Mm. Good start. Anton cool. Dubecq joined us on Thursday. Always good to chat with him. Yeah. Which football club does he support? Oh, did he talk about this? He did. Yeah, uh, yeah. He talked about one of their ex players. Now he's become quite friendly with him.
3: Oh, I should know this. Uh, I. I'm going to guess Brighton, but I don't think that's right.
2: It's Liverpool. Remember, he talked about <sighs> Kenny, because I said, could you get Kenny on, uh, on Strictly?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh,
2: well, not to worry. Um, we spoke to Ian Stimson, who, got, uh, who basically did a dad-of-the-year thing with his son when he played in the Carabao Cup final on FIFA, <clears> and he did all the build-up to the day. Uh, they played Spurs. Who were the team that played against Spurs? Peterborough, Peterborough, that's right. Yeah, in in, a, in the Carabao Cup final, who who thought it? Um, it was good. And then on Tuesday, um, there was a shock omission from the top five golf movies of Andy Smart. What was the film that was missing? Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Andy, you're doing well so far. And we spoke to a football club last week that have done very well in the takeaway business in lockdown. That was last Monday. Oh, who were the yes. clubs? Who were the clubs?
3: Uh, no, it wasn't Barrow. It was wasn't it Barrow. Bedroom? No, Barrow had a pub garden. They did uh, have a pub garden. This was that was a week before. Oh, come on. Who did it? Who did the takeaway? <laughs> yeah, Grack, I can remember the week Bo- before. I'll say but Bo- I'll not give you a clue. Time. Boris the Strike uh, Boris the Striker. Boris
2: the Spider. Boris the Spider is your clue. Does that help?
3: <laughs> uh, no, not really. Okay.
2: No. It was crawling it was Crawley. Oh, yes. although Boris the striker he sounded like a player and a half so there we are <laughs> there he there was and he didn't do too bad you did alright you did all right. well, he didn't do too bad actually Alan as uh, too that too famous bad. guy said yeah. in the clip well that's it we'll catch up with you uh, tomorrow uh, have a fine evening coming up next reunited uh, after their break and uh, you'll get news I think of uh, uh, the first injury of Project Restart which has befallen Adrian Durham
3: (laughs) Indeed I might mention it a little bit later on Yeah, but I'm out of the big game on Saturday so uh, Premier League's going to have to restart without me but can I just mention the Posh did beat Spurs in that Carabao Cup final why didn't you mention that you just said they played each other Well, they won
2: come on it could be a bad omen for my lot I don't want to dwell
1: on it (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport There we are that was this
2: afternoon's show Never Again Andy uh, do uh, we want to see your porridge go in the microwave come on <laughs> they, they won't do.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: brilliant <laughs> and uh, I'm lucky on don't ask me you I mean it was you you actually performed very well it was just anton and his liverpool connections that did for you what are you going to do what are you going to do we'll, never mind it was never fun. mind you bounce back uh, we'll see you tomorrow thanks very much uh, for listening
1: you've been listening to the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on talk sport